Player 2 has entered the podcast. Welcome, welcome back, people, to Player 2 has entered the podcast. I am your co-host, Michael Peterson, a.k.a. MC Paperstacks, and with me, as always, <laughs> is my co-host with the co-most... Derek Murkison, a.k.a. Full Metal Merc, and we are back again with another episode for y'all. And that's we have right. a very special guest, Michael. That's right, that's right. I am the special guest. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, we do. We have a lovely young woman by the name of Kitty Sapphire that I have met online through a mutual nerd group. Kitty, how you doing today? Hi, everybody. How's everybody doing? I hope you guys are staying safe and healthy and well. I am doing, I'm feeling great. I'm just really happy to be here. Yeah, well, we're actually so happy, happy that we were able to get our schedules lined up and get you on the show. I mean, I'm, I'm actually a pretty big fan of your work, but for the people out there who may be hearing about you for the first time or don't know what you're into, what is Kitty Sapphire? What does she do? I am first and foremost a artist and illustrator with the style parking back to anime and manga. Mm. I'm in the process right now of creating my own manga series uh, or slash anime series. I am also a YouTube personality. I show off all my commissions, other art projects that I've been working on, and I react to stuff. I am a huge nerd and I love to basically share my nerdiness <laughs> with the world. What's I can relate. The world, though. <laughs> All right, now you have to get out of my head because that was like peeking around. I was like, "Okay, Dio, thanks." <laughs> well, awesome, awesome. Yeah, and I've actually been really enjoying your YouTube channel. Now, aside from YouTube, do you put your work up anywhere else that people can find it? We're going to plug you later, of course, but I'm just curious. I've only ever seen you on YouTube and sharing stuff from YouTube. Well, I have a Twitter account and I do have a Facebook page. And then mm -hmm. for my original stuff, I have Patreon. I also do have an Instagram. So those are pretty much the five areas that I like to show my art. But if Great. you guys want to like buy sure. stuff from me, that's like mm -hmm. on Etsy and stuff like that. Do you take commissions? Yes, I do. Yes, so I do. So cool. I actually might have to hit you up. I've been thinking about getting some original art for my stream yeah. channel for a while. And I was even talking to Derek about maybe some art for this show, too. Yeah. And I was like, I got to get a hold of artists, you know, we got to get connections going. So, again, thank you so much for guesting on the show. Really appreciate it. So excited to get to know you and just have a conversation today. So, thank uh, you for having me. Yeah, you're very welcome. Yeah. One thing Derek and I were talking about this week, and I know we mentioned it to you during the week as well. In the last week, hashtag first RPG was trending, and it got me to thinking about my first RPG, and I, I'm sure you guys have stories as well, and I was really curious. So, Kitty Sapphire, since you are our guest, do you have a story about your very first RPG that you'd like to share? Mm. Well, I mean, <laughs> we discussed earlier that Pokemon runs in that Area. I think it does. Yeah, you level but up. But I would, <laughs> but I would have to say I consider that more of a monster catching game than mm -hmm. actually a full on RPG. My feeling to my very first RPG, which has to be, I think Final Fantasy two, and that was okay. there was a scene. Not only the fact that it was a very elaborate story that I never dealt with before, but there's a specific scene where I had two twin mages, and they were like. The comedy relief. And I leveled them up and they were really funny throughout the series. And then it got to a point where I guess the walls were closing in on us uh -oh. as a group. The twins looked at each other and was like, no, nah, you have to go and rescue such and such. I can't remember who exactly, but it made me so sad because they turned to stone to keep the oh. 
walls from closing in. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you don't rescue them or I, or I didn't play it far enough to rescue them. I don't even know if you could rescue them at the end of the game, but I knew that there was something very interesting here that no other game has pulled. And then Final Fantasy VII came. And you know exactly what scene I'm about to talk about <laughs> is the famous scene where Eris is killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that boy. I never... It was full-on ugly cry when I was little. <laughs> this sweet girl that we come to like and you've been through all the adventures with. and She was just so sweet and innocent and I could relate to her. And then she was about this close to saving the world where we didn't have to worry about anything. And of course, Sephiroth had to ruin it with him basically stabbing her in the back. So it's like, I was torn when that happened. How old were you? I was like, oh my, like fourth, fifth grade? Yeah, that's... Okay. You know, a lot of things happen during that time frame, which led to the person that you see before you, so. <laughs> All right. It sounds like, and I think it was kind of the same for me, you know, RPGs are unique in that they can present this kind of involved, deep narrative that can really speak to you, especially in your formative years. So that's why I think it's so cool to reflect back on that particular genre when you're thinking of your first of. Derek, why don't you tell us about your first RPG? Like you said earlier in the week, we had the conversation about whether or not Pokemon was an RPG. And although I know it is, I don't feel like that was my first one. So I'm going with Final Fantasy VIII mm-hmm. on the PlayStation 1. When I tell you this game has everything, and I know you know this, but everyone listening, like this game's got militarized students. It's got... Why am I getting vibes like uh, Stefan? You sound like Stefan. Okay, this RPG has everything. It's got military <laughs> students. It's got human Roombas. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Human Roombas? Oh, it's little midgets who roll around skateboards and pick up trash. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, continue, well, he's Stefan. Right. <laughs> yes, yes, New yes. York's hottest RPG. And all, yes, and it's also got sorceresses, and it's got mm. a young girl who shoots a dog off her arm. It's great. It's wonderful. <laughs> but uh, so random. <laughs> like, so random. Exactly. It's got pupper That's cannons. Excuse shot. me, what are pupper cannons? It's it's like when you give your dog <laughs> a treat and then you like thrust your arm forward and your dog leaps off of your arm and attacks your enemies. Okay, thank you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> now I know why in Final Fantasy X they had a outfit that you had to choose and you were able to do something similar to that. They had like the mm-hmm. trainer garment and you're able to launch your animal pet at people. Now I know where yeah. they got it from. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure Angelo was the first dog that was used as projectile a Projectile dog, yeah, right? Projectile. <laughs> I could be wrong, but that's the first I remember in the series. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, it has time travel and everything. Like It's just really good. But the, the main thing I want to talk about it is the final boss mm. has like five different forms. Mm. You really have to farm for these items that make you invincible. In order to beat the boss. Mm-hmm. And like I was telling you earlier this week, Michael, that I feel like that's something you shouldn't have to do. Mm-hmm. As a 10-year-old kid, that's not something that I needed to go through. But I did. I mean, when you look at it in hindsight, would you change it because of the fact that now you feel that children shouldn't be able to do that? Or do you say this because it was that much of an agita towards you? Because, I mean... Without those conflicts, I don't know if you would have liked it the same way as you did now. No, there's a lot of things mm. I'd change about eight, and I love it. Yeah, I would change yeah, I would the definitely draw change system. That. That's god awful. <laughs> <laughs> I would change. I would change the fact that enemies level up with you. I don't like that. 
Oh. <laughs> nope. Um, don't like that. Don't like that. <laughs> and, I mean, I would change the fact that everybody is thirsty for Squall, but he just does not care. Like, I think he had a good character, but I think he lived in a world that didn't care about the fact that he was withdrawn and had trust issues. They were all just loved him anyways. And I feel like it put up this unrealistic mirror in front of him about how his behavior affects people. You know what I mean? I think also to its detriment, a lot of, and I'm not trying to dis eight. There's been like this sort of rivalry between seven, eight, and ten. The best way my partner mentioned it is eight suffers from middle child syndrome. The reason why I say this is because the success of Final Fantasy seven. It was a hard act to follow. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's a hard act to follow. And then the fact that the characters between Cloud and Squall are a little bit on the similar spectrum. Mm -hmm. You know, they try to kind of instill what was going on with Cloud and try to apply it to Squall. You're right, though, because mm-hmm. Zidane yeah. and then Titus were both very different characters. Yeah. yeah. Titus is completely different. What I did like is they introduce sort of internal conflict as well as external conflict. Cloud mm-hmm. suffered from an identity crisis. A squall, as you said, was withdrawn and had trust issues. And also Titus, amnesia. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> yep. Yeah, amnesia. The... Group amnesia. Yeah, yeah and GF I believe... you amnesia. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe Titus is, I believe the question is what makes one human in that regard. Well, that's, mm. I, to me, that's more Vivi, I feel like. Vivi, you think yeah, so? Yeah, out yeah. of the frying pan and into, uh, into the fire. fire. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think that, uh, I like that you say Titus. It's not canon, but I think it sounds better than Titus. I hate that it's yeah. Titus. But um, yeah. I think Titus, he... I like Titus better than Titus. It yeah, no, weird. no, me too. No, Titus is dumb. Mm-hmm. Let's all just Titus. say Titus from now on. Titus. <laughs> yeah, Titus. So Titus. <laughs> exactly. See, I think Titus's character, it was more about living in the shadow of his famous father mm. and his father leaving when he was 10 and then his mother, you know, passing soon after and not really... Yuna was going through the same thing, too. Yeah, no, there's a lot of parallels between Yuna and Titus, and I think that's why their relationship works so well. Yeah. And there's actually a lot of parallels between Titus and Seymour, if you think about it. It's just they both went down different paths when they lost their mother. Oh, um, yeah. Well, it's it seems to be like that throughout life in general, that you always have somebody that might have experienced something exactly the same as you do, but because of the certain things, certain variables that were presented during your journey, it changes your outlook on life. Yeah, it I think really that's does. what makes mm-hmm. it a I think that's what makes it such a compelling narrative. But we have derailed, so I'm gonna ring yes. us all back to yeah, the first RPG. <laughs> so let me let me rattle off my story real quick. Now my RPG is a little older than y'all's, but I am also a little older than y'all, so for, please forgive me. Okay. When I was a kid, we didn't have a whole lot of money, and I ended up getting gifted a Nintendo with a handful of games. I had like Iron Sword, Legend of Zelda, a couple other crappy Nintendo games I can't remember. I had a neighbor who had a Sega Genesis and a handful of games, and he actually offered to trade me, which at the Mm. time I was like, are you crazy? You're totally trading down graphics. I mean, nowadays it seems like more of a viable trade because Nintendos are rare. But at the time I was like, yeah, I'll trade up. And there's no other way in heck I would have gotten a Sega Genesis at that age. I was somewhere between nine and ten. And I got the Sega Genesis. And one of the games I got was my first RPG. It was a game called Fantasy Star 2. Oh, okay. I've heard of Fantasy Star. 
Fantasy Star 2 was really cool because he had the original cases with most of the games as well. I wish I still had them. Oh, um, man. But I, I ended up in college. I gave my Sega Genesis and the games away to some other kid, you know, passing it along. You know what I mean? The Fantasy Star 2 game came with a very thick instruction booklet. The reason why it was so thick, it had color copies of every single map in the game. Every dungeon. I love oh. those. One of the things I loved about like getting hard copy games is the artwork that goes in the booklet. The little yeah. booklet. I really loved it. The characters, the maps, and mm. stuff like that. But go on, please. please yeah, yeah. No, it was one of the more robust. And the cool thing about this kid, I mean, it made it less of a collector's item. The way that you go back and forth between levels in Fantasy Star is like teleporters, but you never see where you're going to teleport. So he drew lines and wrote numbers on the teleporters, so I know exactly which teleporter would take me where in the dungeon. And he had paths mapped nice. out. So I literally shot through that game using the maps. And I didn't like it at first. I, I put it down for a while because I was like, you can't control your characters? This is dumb. I'm going to go play an action <laughs> game. But then I, I kind of got in my brain. It clicked. I was like, no, wait a second. You level up and then you can use different abilities. This is actually kind of cool. And I shot through the game all the way to the end. But because I didn't grind, because... The way that this game was balanced is you have to try to find your way. And while you're finding your way, you get random battles and you level up. Since I already knew the exact way to go, I got all the way to the end of the game to the final boss and it trounced me. And I had to spend like 20 hours grinding in the last dungeon just to be strong enough to beat it. (laughs) So it was a horribly unbalanced experience. But I have fond memories of just jamming out to whatever CD I had at the time, listening to like Prodigy or something. And grinding yeah. up my characters, and uh, yeah, that seems to be a, a common thing with a lot of like a lot of people when they used to play like video games. They would turn down the music, and they would have a stereo, a CD player, and they would just blast their favorite song during those times of grinding or had to do with a boss battle. Yeah, we my generation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm somewhere between millennial and gen x but a lot of us when we were playing fighting games or racing games the soundtrack to those games would be basically (laughs) whatever cd we wanted to listen to at the time and sometimes the music we picked was better than because again the the technology wasn't along and i feel like it's less so nowadays because the the music is so decent but most recently when i was grinding in marvel ultimate alliance 3 I ended up listening to podcasts or different soundtracks because the music in that game is so bad. But uh, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty awful. The the game is pretty decent, but the the music isn't so great. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of this week and catching up and things like that, one thing we always like to do is check in with Derek and your pickup stories. Derek, you got any good pickup stories this week? This week, GameStop was having a huge sale. If you bought five games for $20 or less, you would get 50% off. Mm. So me and you took advantage of that. But Yeah, uh, thank you for calling a, me and giving me a heads up on that sale, by the way. Yeah, yeah. A few of the ones that I picked up that were notable were Yakuza 6, The Song of Life. It's the art book edition. Black Clover, Quartet Knights, which is not a good game. But, <laughs> it's, Bla- but it's Black Clover, so I figure it, when the anime blows up. It's tough with anime-based games it's basically a hit or miss because some of them try to do blow by blow exactly what the anime did instead of doing like maybe something a side thing right and uh also picked up soul caliber 6 the steelbook the talking steelbook you press the button and it's like cool hill of souls and swords let me actually see if i can play it for you oh my 
goodness, that brings me back. Here we go. That, that's oh kind of dope. Oh my god, that brings me back. You guys feel that? Yeah, that I sounds cool. I love that. That sounds really cool. <laughs> that's kind of dope. I, I'm just yeah. curious. Have you played Soul Calibur Six? Is it any good? Because I tried. Oh I yeah, this. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's better than five. I'll say. Thank that. you. Okay. Yeah, it's better than five. Because I kind of got Geralt through as Geralt. Yeah. Train wreck. Yeah. That's literally the only reason yeah. why I got it. I got it just to play through Geralt's storyline because I'm such a, mm-hmm. a mark for Witcher. And then once I did that, I was right. like, okay, cool, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And a few other things. These are outside the GameStop sale, but uh, I picked up SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom on PS2. Mm-hmm. The Simpsons Hit and Run on PS2. Oh, my sisters used to uh, love that all the time. Mm-hmm. I love that game. Dusk Diver on PS4. It looks kind of like a anime Dynasty Warriors thing going on. Mm. Looks dope. And Oni Kanbara, Oni Kanbara, Z2 Oni Chaos, yeah. Oni Chambara, yeah, the samurai bikini ladies. Oh, yeah. that one. The samurai oh. bikini nice ladies. Yeah, I got a couple <laughs> of those games. It comes from like Japan's like budget line. Same thing as like Earth Defense Force. I know what you're well, talking about. Yeah. You know, you uh-huh. have to have your customary waifu game. You know, yeah, it's definitely a waifu have, zombie slayer, yeah. Right, um, mm-hmm. they had like a 2D fighter in several of the conventions that I've been to, and it, there's like this one that's called Waifu Fighter, and it's like basically <laughs> waifus from various different animes fighting in a 2D fighter. That's mm-hmm. basically what oh, it is. That's actually pretty, pretty that's cool. interesting. Pretty cool. But yeah, that's pretty much it this week, man. I also picked up a Game Boy Pocket, and oh yeah, and I got another uh, another case at the flea market. Right oh. up front, baby. All my video games and systems in there. So if you're in Indianapolis, check out the Peddler's Mall on East Washington Street, 7803 East Washington Street, baby. Ask for a vendor, 921. <laughs> right on, man. <laughs> well, cool. I'm looking forward to it. So, yeah, I picked up a few games for myself using that sale. I got Iron Man 2 for 360. And then also for the 360, I got Family Guy, Back to the Multiverse, Saints Row Double Pack 1 and 2, and Afro Samurai. Oh, uh, you're getting all the good shit. All my stuff was like (laughs) stuff you could find anywhere. Yeah, I found some good stuff, and I got. Did you um, get the slipcover with Afro Samurai? Yeah, yeah, it was it was on on PS3 or Xbox 360. Okay, yeah. For Switch, I got this game called Hell Mutt, the Badass from Hell. Okay. I I don't know much about it. It looks like one of those kind of 2D dual joystick type shooters with like a fantasy horror setting. So Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm keen to try it out. I got, I mean. Again, I got six games for less than 60 bucks, so good deal. Right. Exactly. And the last game I got was for Wii. I got Mario Strikers Charged. Oh, yeah. Love oh, it. Yeah. So that was, a, that was a good find. Some of these games I know are bad. Like, Iron Man 2 is probably not good. But a lot of right. these, like, I either played them and really loved them in the past, or I've been eyeballing. So, yeah, it was a decent little haul. Nope. Yeah, yeah. So, I think at this point, I'd like to get into what we've been playing this week. Derek, I gotta know, man. This past week, what game you been playing? You know I've been playing Persona 5 Strikers I already all know. day, every day. Oh my god, it's so good. How far are you now? <laughs> I am about to fight the third monarch okay. in the third jail, and whew, she is something. something she is not a nice five. lady. She's not, not a nice lady. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, it's dope. It keeps opening up. They keep adding new abilities and stuff. Uh, I think I've got like three or four characters maxed out as far as their... Uh, special abilities are concerned yeah the stuff that they add to their mm -hmm. yeah when you fight yeah i got you oh i got the uh charge up quicker for ryuji ryuji yes oh my god it's a godsend because he was charging up slow as hell 
Ryuji is really a beast in that game. I, li- I like him. I really like Yusuke, though. He's fun to play as. I have a personal soft spot for Persona Arena. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay. I like those games. If I had the time, I would put in more for the RPGs, and I did like the last Persona. Was it Persona 4? What Persona 5 is the most recent. That's the one we're talking basically about oh, a sequel the... to Persona 5. Which So it's like the, you still have the Phantom Thieves, right? Yeah, yeah, Persona 5 okay, Strikers so... is the uh, it's literally a story sequel to Persona 5. The only difference is instead of turn-based combat, the combat is more comparable. It's like action RPG, like okay, think Final Fantasy okay. 7 remake, something right. like that. Um mm-hmm. and it's made actually, by the people who make Warriors games. Okay. Then if that's the case, I've I've only played the first section of Persona 5. Okay. It's just that like I said when I get the time I will take a sneak peek at playthroughs, I'll play it myself, or etc. And I remember that fight, the guy who is totally a perv, and I just wanted to punch him. Oh, the gym teacher. Yeah, Yeah. I wanted to stomp a mud hole into his his back. (laughs) Just, ugh, I can't stand those types. Yeah, it's just like, yeah. Yeah, totally get it. Persona 5 is actually really good at creating hateable antagonists because we were talking about this earlier in the week (laughs) you're a third monarch she's terrible i'm on the second jail and the monarch in the second jail and you already know this derek he's a really arrogant author who steals other people's work (gasps) and he immediately he sees haru which is one (laughs) of the the female characters in our group and immediately pervs out on her and asks to kiss her and kneels in front of her and all this weird crap and i'm like what a gross white nighty nice guy type of persona they gave him i hate it yeah. yeah, let's go kick his ass. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> That's actually a very good comparison. You're right. They make some very good characters that I just, they drive me nuts. However, there is one character that I do love and adore. She reminds me of Catwoman from DC's Batman's Rose Gallery is um, the Panther. On, I really love her design. I was like, oh my god, she looks so cute. And her hair is me. beautiful. Yeah. I love On's hair. Mm-hmm. As far as all the characters are concerned, the personalities I like most are probably Ryuji and On. On just seems like really fun to hang out with, and she's always trying to snack. I'd probably get really fat if I hung out with her too much. Oh my yeah. god. She's always I... like, oh my god, I need a parfait with everything on it. And I'm like, On, you have to stop. And oh, then yeah. <laughs> Ryuji's kind <laughs> of a bad student, and everybody keeps teasing him because, you know, the, in Japan, it's like a different type of culture. But over here, he'd fit in just fine, because he's like, man, homework, and I'm like, right, let's party, Ryuji, let's do this. Exactly. <laughs> let's eat ramen all night. Exactly. Oh, he love loves ramen, and I, I love that I about love him. I love ramen. I don't like the package stuff, the process stuff. I like the actual go-to-the-restaurant ramen bar, full hot broth, and noodles, and I like all of it. And, yeah, yeah. yeah, like, oh I'll go God. out when I can to get pho or ramen, but if, if it's just me at home, I'll gussy up throw that, that package. Throw, throw that little, chicken packet in there. Yeah, throw a little <laughs> soft-boiled egg in there, maybe some ham, maybe some chives oh, and jalapenos. Oh, God. Maybe put a little bit of Hondashi in there, baby. No, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> There's a Hondashi in there. Oh, my God, that is so crazy. But going back to what you were saying about the characters, no, they're really likable. I really like the design. I'm more drawn to characters that are very bright and bubbly. See, the thing is, I like having a good time. I'm heavily into positive vibes, so it's like, mm-hmm. you know, I'll tease a little bit, but it's nothing to the point of crossing boundaries. But Sailor Moon and Felicia from Darkstalkers, those types of characters are very bright and bubbly and very positive, and I try to strive for that. 
in a lot of cases and yeah i get drawn to those types of characters so when something bad happens so it's like why why mm-hmm. you do this they did not do <laughs> anything to you how yeah. dare you <laughs> yeah and it drives you forward i mean aside from the fact that gameplay is so fun and i really like the pokemon-esque catching of different personas it's basically god and demon pokemon the narrative really drives you forward because you're like, we have to take this guy down or we have to take this other person down, you know? And yeah, I love that about Persona. Persona 4 was like that a lot too. So Persona 3 was the first one I ever played. We'll continue to update as we get through Persona 5. We'll definitely be doing a spoiler cast this year. So look out for that. Uh As far as games I've been playing this week, let's see, Monday Night Brawlers, I ended up pulling out Splatterhouse 3. Hey. And get my butt kicked a little bit. <laughs> I try my best to get through it. And I think I got to the end of the second level and just got bodied. And then I played a little bit of Splatterhouse 2, and that was even harder. And then later <laughs> on that night, I watched a speed run of it, and the guy was using moves I didn't even know you could do in that game. And I'm like, that's what... If I knew the spin kick, yeah, of course. So <laughs> I think when I play retro games from now on, I'm just going to watch a speed run first, so that way I know what the moves are. <laughs> well, right, there remember you go. back in the day, we didn't have those things. We didn't have YouTube. We had the booklets we had to read from, and we had to do all these attacks ourselves and stuff like that. So it's not really taking advantage of today's playthroughs and such. So sure, so yeah. it's, it's really no big deal to be like too bummed about it, if anything. I, I completely agree. I mean, I think it's just you know the design of retro games. But yeah, yeah let's mm-hmm. see. I played on Friday Night Frights. I played Resident Evil Four, the second part. Okay. I'm still going through that game for funsies. Where I don't, are you? The most recent episode, I finished the shooting gallery in the castle. When you get to the shooting gallery for the first time, you can get the first row of bottle caps. And Ashley just got kidnapped for the first time. I mean, oh, okay. you know, you rescue <laughs> her, and then she like, gets kidnapped, and then you, you rescue know, she gets her. Kidnapped and she gets kidnapped on new, yeah, new yeah. resignation. So it's like. It's the first one where she coughs blood, and you're like, are you okay? And she's like, leave me alone! And then she runs, and then she immediately gets captured, and you're like, I'll I'll get you again, don't worry, I'll be right back, I'm gonna go to the shooting gallery. It's just uh, not a big fan of too many escort missions. Well, I mean, as far as escort missions go, I feel like Resident Evil is the gold standard, because her AI is fantastic. Okay. If you aim your gun and she's standing in front of you, she automatically ducks. You can tell her to hide in certain areas in levels that they know it's going to be a big headache, but she follows you very closely and you can have her wait or follow you from pretty much anywhere on the map. Mm -hmm. And I love it too. If you're aiming a gun, like a rifle or something, and you get a headshot when you zoom back out and you can get to the third person mode, she does like a little fist pump, like, yes, (laughs) she's very supportive. I'm actually a big fan of her as far as escort missions go. Cause again, I, I think when a lot of people heard about it back when resident evil four came out, they were like you, or they're like, oh my god, no, please, anything but that. One of the things I really appreciate of survival horror is the lore. That's why I like Silent Hill. The lore is very interesting. Mm. And Resident Evil, the lore is interesting as well. Resident Evil 4 won quite a few awards. It was like game of the year at least twice in a row. Oh yeah, think, no, no, it was, so, it was well received. It, what I'm right, talking about so, is just the rumor of an escort mission before people had a chance to play it. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, no, it was super well received. Yeah, yeah. And, and one of the reasons why is because they handled the escort mission and the rest of the game design, honestly, so well. I mean, yeah. it was such mm-hmm. a departure from the previous iteration, Code Veronica, and people were kind of a little nervous about that. But obviously, they kept trying to copy the formula with five and six, 
And that's where it got a kind of little wonky and they had to circle back yeah, yeah. to its roots. But I mean, the remake, RE2 and RE3 remake would not exist in their current iteration today if it wasn't for Resident Evil 4. And for good reason. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. 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 I give Resident Evil 4 its props, definitely. Yeah, no, no, definitely. And actually, I was going to say, speaking of Resident Evil 3, I got in a bit of a Resident Evil kick this week for whatever reason. Sometimes you get in those modes where you're like, I don't really know what I want to play. That type of thing. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that earlier yeah. in the week. And I, I pulled out Code Veronica and played it for a bit. And that was fun. Alfred Ashford. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. That was God. good times. But, but then I picked up Resident Evil 3 Remake because I only beat it once on stream for an episode of Friday Night Frights. And I was like, that game is really built for replays. So I went back yeah. and played through again. And I looked at the trophies. There is a trophy for playing through without using any healing items. There's a trophy for playing through without opening the item box. There's a trophy for playing on the hardest difficulty mode and getting an S rank. And I decided, wow. like, I'm, I'm doing this. So. Uh-oh. So you put on the completionist helmet. <laughs> yes. Yes, I did. Went to the trenches. And I am proud to report that even though it was probably one of the hardest things I've done in a video game recently, like the last boss battle on inferno he can one shot you with one of his attacks so you have to dodge and the dodging is dodgy at best (laughs) 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 Um, Um, now that you said dodge i think of like team four stars like dodge (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's just like i was like oh no dodgy at best that's terrible yeah no i mean to be honest that's kind of how it was in the original resident evil 3 they introduced a dodge but the timing window was so tight and it's the same thing here but regardless of all that and the fact that it took me more times than i'd like to admit to have to retry that part i was able to beat it and i did get a platinum on that game this week so i have run through that game more times than i can count i've played it for over 30 hours and it's a game you can beat in literally an hour so, I mean, Dang. most people would be at about two. An hour is like if you're not going for any extra items, you're just plowing through. Yeah, right. Which I did. I beat it in an hour because I was trying to get an achievement where you're supposed to beat it under two hours. That's and cheap. I was like, I need to take this wow. bad boy to GDQ. <laughs> <laughs> I was feeling very proud of myself. So, yeah, I had a great time with it. And one of my friends is like, well, now you got to play Resident Evil 2 remake like that. And I'm like, oh, my God. Wow. Maybe. We'll see. That one's even tougher, I feel like. But yeah, so I got done with that, and then I continued my Pokemon Diamond Nuzlocke. Oh Um, boy, here we go with the Nuzlocke. I want to say, though, before I get into the Nuzlocke, there is one extra thing I did, and it was today, because we were recording a little bit later today, so I had some free time. I played one of the games they gave away for PlayStation Plus this month called Remnant from the Ashes. Have you heard of that, Dirk? Yeah, I have. I've seen a little bit of gameplay, but I haven't played it yet. You haven't played it? What about you, Kitty? Have you seen anything about Remnant? I've never heard heard of it but i I had a little bit of an idea of what a remnant is yeah yeah i hadn't heard of it prior to them giving it away on playstation plus it's actually really fun it gave me kind of free to play we're gonna microtransaction the crap out of you vibes when i first started it but they don't they don't for its part and it's post-apocalyptic and you play as a guy who is trying to get to this like fabled tower and figure out why this dragon died but it's also on earth i don't understand um but the point (laughs) is is you go around fighting these things called the root and there's these monsters and you stop it not bonfires but crystals which will replenish your healing items and your ammo because you have guns and swords but when you do that all the monsters the normal monsters will respawn down to like when you're going to fight a boss you walk through mist like that's how much of a dark souls like it is but it's not near as unforgiving as dark souls so while you have your stamina yeah, and your dodges, 
Stamina is only attached to dodging and sprinting, not to attacking. And the window to dodge and the patterns for the enemies is a little bit easier to get your first time through rather than getting beaten a submission. And when you die, you do go back to those crystals, not bonfires, but crystals. <laughs> and, <laughs> but you don't have to worry about trying to go pick up your experience. Like you don't lose a whole lot. So when you die, you just kind of have to start that section over again. And I like that because one of the things that turns me off from Souls games is the prospect of losing progress, not just having to do something over again. Right. And it kind of splits the difference there by going, okay, you're going to have to do the section again, but we're not going to take anything from you. And that works for me. So I'm actually really digging it. Again, I've only played it for a few hours today, so I can't really say whether or not I'm super into it, but the time I've had with it so far, I've actually had a lot of fun. Anyone else got that no. game for PlayStation Plus and have been kind of sleeping on it? Maybe give it a shot this week. You might be surprised. Awesome, All right, so awesome. uh, Pokemon Diamond Nuzlocke. So if if you remember from last week, I uh, had already got my first gym badge. I was on my way to Eterna City, and I had to go through Eterna Forest first. And a woman stopped me and said, hey, can you help me through this forest? It's really big. And I'm like, I guess. And so she followed me <laughs> around, and every random encounter became a double battle. But she has a chancy. And after every battle, she healed me. And I was like, this cool. is perfect. This is perfect for grinding. Nice. Yeah. So I got my Chimchar, Goku. I got him up to a <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just that the fact that you went with the iconic Goku being Chimchar is an inspiration of Sun Wukong. So. That's exactly why I named him Goku. I'm glad that that's not lost on you. <laughs> no, it's not. So he leveled up to Monferno and learned Flame Wheel. And I burned that forest to the ground. Oh, no. All the grass folks. Well, it's mainly bug. I murdered. I murdered. Yeah, they're done. That's terrible. Well, I mean, he needed to level up, so it is what it is. (laughs) (laughs) So we got out of the forest, and the lady said, "Hey, thank you," and said her farewells. Uh, She had very distinctive art, so I feel like I might see her again. I don't remember much from when I originally played Diamond, but I'm like, she's a character. I don't know who she is, but she's a character. So I get to Eterna City. And the gym there is grass type. And I'm like, (laughs) so I sent Monferno in there and he flame wheeled his way all the way up to the gym leader and just annihilated everything that she had to give us. It was it was actually great. That's Mm. terrible. You scorched their land. You destroyed their forest. And now you destroyed your gym leader. Dang, you should be ashamed of yourself. I mean, (laughs) it's not really my fault. It's Monferno. He has (laughs) he has has a lust for vengeance. And (laughs) And somewhere along the line, some some bug Pokemon or grass Pokemon hurt him. So. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I forgot well, to mention, I did catch a uh, a Wurmple in the forest, and I named him Pickle. So oh. we'll see uh, if I add him to the party or not. I haven't so far. And I met a man in Eterna who taught me about the underground. Not the one that lays down the sound for Humpty Hump, but an actual <laughs> underground. <laughs> and I forgot about this minigame. I really hope they include this in the HD remake. I don't know if you guys remember this, but in the original Diamond... You went into wireless communications and the the local multiplayer was in this place called the underground and you could go around and lay traps for your friends and play like steal their flag and bring it back to your base. And you can make your own secret base where you could put furniture and stuff that you got and you can actually find treasure in the walls and use the touchscreen to excavate out, you know, fire stones and shards that you can use to buy stuff and fossils. And I forgot how fun it was. 
So I really hope they include that in the in the new game. And I spent way too much time doing that to where I didn't really do a whole lot of progress other than getting my second <laughs> gym badge. <laughs> Although, <Yeah. laughs> uh, while we were in town, we heard that uh, there was a Team Galactic hideout. Goku, fresh off of his win in the gym, was like, let me at that, Chief. And I was like, fine, go ahead. <laughs> go nuts. So this monkey Pokemon goes in there and goes bananas. And yes, pun intended. Pun. Ape, I'm talking ape shit. mock punches, flame wheels everywhere. At one point, I think I heard him say something like, I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked You're in locked. here with me. <laughs> now, he did have a little trouble with the base leader's skun tank and got poisoned. But luckily, I had an antidote on me, patched him Poison. up afterwards, and we were on our way. <laughs> right? Uh, it, it actually did have a big butt, but no smile, interestingly. <laughs> <laughs> Now, the bike shop owner, he was actually in the base, and he was so happy that we freed him and the Pokemon that Team Galactic stole that he gave me a bike. So I decided to head on down to Route 206, fought some people along the way, leveled up Bimmy, my Geodude, and also was able to level up my Shinx Jubilee to a Luxio. So that was nice. And then uh, I found a Ponyta in Route 206, which I named Heyman. Oh, (laughs) God. Heyman. (laughs) <laughs> and that's pretty much the end of my uh, my Pokemon adventure. So okay, so awesome. no, I mean, other than the poor grass Pokemon that basically suffer throughout this whole entire thing, you didn't lose any members. I'm not a big fan of Nuzlocks. I like watching them. I like to hear about other people's experiences with Nuzlocks. But me personally, I know for a fact that I can't get through a Nuzlocke because even though I grew up on Pokemon, my heart has always been a Pokemon breeder than a trainer. Mm. So, like, I see all Pokemon as valued creatures of nature, and you should respect them, and yada, yada, yada. And as a breeder, I get so attached to my Pokemon, and I know (laughs) for a fact that Nuzlocke hits you there. I've seen some playthroughs of other Poketubers going through the Nuzlocke and how they lost a Pokemon that they heavily invested in. And they just, like, either stormed off or their hearts broke. And I'm like, and I'm a huge Eevee fan. I raise Eevees in packs. Certain egg groups, certain attacks you want, I possibly provide that for you. But my Nucleus Eevees, I have twin Vaporeons, one is shiny, one's not, and they're both girls. You know, they're, they're technically fraternal. You know, I have my, you know, my Umbreon, my Espeon. I have, like, my group of Eevees. And if anything were to happen to them, forget, you know, forget them wanting to take revenge. I would basically be one of those memes that you see in the internet of a woman trying to beat up a child or another person saying, like, forget the Pokemon. We're going to fight. You you basically you basically faded my Pokemon. What the heck is the matter with you, you monstrosity? That reminds like, me of uh, Brian David Gilbert and his Tangela Terry the Tangela. Have you heard that? No, I, I I haven't heard that. So he recently stopped working for Polygon, but while Brian David Gilbert was working for Polygon, he made a lot of videos called Unraveled, and one of the videos he made was him attempting, and this was like a live video. He was at a con. And he was attempting to make the perfect Poké rap. And he okay. talked about how when he was a kid and he was pursuing a Pokédex, he was trying to trade with a friend of his, another five-year-old. And he was going to trade, like, you know, the version of Pokémon that he had that his friend didn't have access to. But he's like, his friend's like, no, I want your Tangela because you Uh-oh. love him. 
And he was like, why would you do that? <laughs> why? That's cruel. What I know. That's kind of psychotic man? for a child. Yeah, uh, that is very psychotic. That's, that's, that's sociopathic. A little bit. What's he, up with that? He, uh, he calls back to it pretty often. He's like, yeah, this kid's probably in jail now, but he did take <laughs> I'm sorry. That's technically not something you should be laughing at, but it's dark humor. I mean, he deserves guess, it. He took he took Terry yeah, to Tangela, and we'll always remember mm-hmm. Terry. So, yeah, you should look that up sometime if you have a chance. He'd probably really okay, dig it. I'll send you the I link. <laughs> um, I have, like, such a deep love for my Vaporeon, because that was the first Pokemon that introduced me to Pokemon. I, it was literally love at first sight, but I love Eevee so much that I actually requested a commission of several plushie artists doing a unique species of Eevee, uh, a fire fairy type. I was inspired by a s'more since it was hot outside and, you know, my mom was putting s'mores together and I was very disappointed that Gen 8 didn't have a new form of Eevee. So Mm. I just made one and this cutie just popped out of my head and I was like, yeah... That's no. the one. I, I yeah, think I've seen her. Was, was that Eevee in your group Eevee picture that you recently did a speed painting on? Yes. I, I, yeah, I saw yes, that Eevee and I was like, man, I've fallen off because I don't recognize that Eevee. But that was an OC. <laughs> That's why. Yeah. Okay. That makes me feel a little better because I was like, dang, they, they released another Eevee and I didn't know. Jeez. No, they got um, a s'more flavored one. Oh, snap. She looked like a creamy Eevee. Oh, my God. <laughs> they call her creamy. Oh, God, that's cute. But no, I would really like to work with Game Freak or if any other company that's looking for design Pokemon, I, I would love to do that. And I would like to see Smorion in a game. Smorion, I would nice. Re- really, I would really appreciate that. Heck, but I have like a comic, sort of like a storyboard of how that particular EV came to be. Based on the research, there's only one of its kind. And it's yeah, like, I was going to say, how can you have some Morion if you haven't had an Eon to begin with? Right. Um, no. True, it's that's true. Go. But <laughs> in this particular case, since I noticed that you have certain Pokemon that can hold certain things, mm-hmm. I was thinking of either you fed it something or it had to be part of the gimmick that Sword and Shield was using at the time. Camping, the camping yeah. mechanic. Mm-hmm. So it's basically... Throw a s'more at it. <laughs> well, if you feed it a s'more and it has a high friendship, friendship level, yeah. and you feed it a s'more, it turns into this very unusual looking Eevee with a frothy, creamy mane and these little cookies mm. and its hair and yeah, caramel it. looking paws. And it's like... Delicious. Eat that Eevee. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't eat it. No, don't Ro- eat it. Roast it over the fire and eat it. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 So it's no, like, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. I have too much of an attachment to my ease. I'm sorry. So I can't do a Nuzlocke. Sorry, hey, people. Do, <laughs> sorry, do people. I can't. apologize for <laughs> yeah. loving Pokemon. And we all, I think that's right. one of the reason why one of the rules of Nuzlocke is you have to nickname your Pokemon. The attachment yeah. is supposed to make it tough when you have to let yeah. one go. I almost lost yeah. Bimmy this week and it, it was oh, not Bimmy. Uh, and then, Bimmy. and then it would just be Jimmy without his brother, just Bimmy and Jimmy. Oh no! <laughs> Double dragons. Oh so. no! Oh wow! <laughs> to be a dragon, you gotta be strong. Did you that's, watch the? Did you watch the show? Not for a really long time. I'm impressed that no. you remember the theme song. Oh yeah, I had the VHS of the little one episode. <laughs> nice. <laughs> awesome. That's that's funny. All right, well, I think it's about time to get to gaming news. So, Kitty, we were talking yes. about this a little bit offline. You had recently 
looked over some new stuff from the upcoming Disgaea. I think it's Dis- Disgaea 6, right? Yeah. What's up with this game? What's up with well, Disgaea? I know you're a big fan. First of all, I'm a huge fan of Disgaea ever since it first came out. I love the comedy. It pulls everybody in. It makes for uh, fourth wall breaking comments. They also make fun of like their own their own particular tropes since it's basically heavily anime based. And mm. it's more of a strategy game. It's a JRPG, but it's more of you're moving certain units and pieces on a board. Mm-hmm. And you have to basically strategize at least a good maybe three, four, maybe five steps before in order to get to whatever goal is set for the particular trial. Mm-hmm. And I fell in love with this game. What I love about it is it's a different take on Japanese RPGs. And also, if you like chess and forethought in your games, this is definitely the game for you. It often takes place in the nether realm, or basically hell. So it takes mm-hmm. place in hell, and mm-hmm. you have the human world, and then you have Celestia, which is basically heaven or paradise. Mm-hmm. And you have various different characters, overlords, that are fighting over for power. And it's just hilarious. It, it's really cute, has like a chibi-esque style to it, and it has a large amount of replay value to it. As far as Six is concerned, main character looks to be a zombie. Mm, okay. Base character. Each installment of Disgaea is a little different. So Disgaea 5 has to do with a dragon demon. The one before that, which was Disgaea 4, had to do with a vampire that gave up blood. Mm. And I like Val. Like, he's adorable. Anyway, the one before that had to do with like a school setting. A demon school. Disgaea 2 had to do with a demon lord falling in love with a human. Mm. A human-based character. And then the first one had to do with the overlord's son, which is Laharl. So, it shows a lot of promise. Again, by seeing this trailer, I was excited, but at the same time, I was like, oh darn. I haven't gotten the cat or the Bake Neko army that I always wish for. I better get on this before I actually <laughs> decide to play um, Disgaea 6. Right. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Cool, cool. Nice. All right. Well, definitely looking forward to that. And and you mentioned it earlier. It's probably coming out towards the end of this year, right? You think so? Yeah. So sure. awesome. And I assume you'll probably be doing some videos about it. So I will look forward to that as well. Yes, I will <laughs> be doing videos about it. Right on. Well, this week, a few other things happened. Bethesda, as many people know, was acquired by Xbox, but officially became a part of Xbox and Microsoft this week. I was wondering if you were going to talk about that. I don't necessarily know too much or have a lot of games that I like of Bethesda. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's maybe like one or two, but I look at it from an outsider looking in. So I'm curious to see how this will go. Or your feelings about it in the gaming community regarding this business move on Microsoft. As for Microsoft and my personal feelings, eh, I have a love-hate relationship with Microsoft, to be completely honest. That's that's fair. That's definitely fair. We talked about it a bit in previous episodes because, you know, the acquisition's been going on for a while. To kind of put it short and sweet, it is good business for them because they were really hurting for exclusives. And I think this is a chance for them to either have timed mm-hmm. exclusives or full exclusives over franchises that a lot of people are very passionate about. And that includes a lot of what they dropped on Games Pass this week. There are over 20 titles, or at least 20, I think, Bethesda titles. And that includes all the games from the Elder Scrolls series like Morrowind, Oblivion, Skyrim. The okay. Fallout series, you got Fallout 3, New Vegas, okay. the DLC, Fallout 4. Yeah. 
Wolfenstein games, Doom, Rage, mm. Dishonored, The Evil okay. Within, etc. Yeah. So it covers a broad range of RPGs, action games, and it's even got that horror franchise. So there's Which a little one? something for everybody. Uh, the Evil Within. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's got a little something for everybody. So yeah, I think it's going to be a boon, and I think people who have Games Pass are getting a really good group of games this week. So for those who do game on Xbox and have Games Pass, and you've always wondered, hey, what's Morrowind like? Or I never really got around to playing the second Dishonored. Now's your chance. <laughs> so nice. You got that going on. I'm trying to think what else we had this week. There was some more Switch Pro stuff. So, you know, rumors are flying everywhere about the Switch Pro. And yeah. it was recently announced that NVIDIA who makes the Tegra chip that is the proprietary Tegra chip for Nintendo Switch, they've stopped production of that particular model of chip. A lot of people are speculating that the new chip they're going to make for Nintendo is going to have improved specs of a pro variety. And that's not exactly confirmed. It could be they're just tweaking it slightly and it's still going to be indistinguishable. But considering all the other rumors we have about the Switch Pro, when you put it all together, it sounds like they may be getting into making something a little bit more powerful processing-wise for the Nintendo Switch. So that's trying to compete with the big boys. Big boys. Mm. Well, they are one of the big boys, but you know yeah. what I mean. They're trying yeah. to, uh, trying trying to take to one of the big boys' advantages <laughs> that they have mm-hmm. over them. Because yeah. Nintendo already has the games and the reputation and the development, you know, and all that. Mm. But uh, graphics, it's all it, for a while, it's always been slightly behind and... So this is a way to catch up, you know, get that 4K gaming on the Nintendo side. We'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Mario in uh, 4K, baby. Yeah, oh baby. <laughs> Super Mario Brothers 2, baby. So <laughs> I, there was some news about games in general last year that I found really interesting. Spending on video games, hardware and software, hit almost $54 billion last year. Ooh, baby. That's, it's insane. It's up 19% from 2019, likely due to pandemic. I know Derek Yeah, see, a lot that's of- what I was yeah. going to say, that mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of cases... I'm surprised, but yet not surprised, because of the fact that with the dynamics that we had to deal with and everybody was staying home, they needed something to keep them occupied with some kind of semblance of normalcy. Sure, so that and was like one of the, one of those things. Yeah, the like angle. Animal I keep, Crossing was crazy. It, no, exactly. Animal Crossing. I think it could not have released at a better time. It was a boon yeah. for yep. Animal Crossing yeah. for sure. Yep. One of the things I keep thinking about is how much of that money was new install base. How many new mm. gamers right. came into the fold in the past year? How many people actually gave it a shot out of sheer boredom or curiosity? And right. what will that new expansive customer base of gamers? shape the industry moving forward are we going to see more of a demand for indie titles quirky titles less of a demand for like the usual triple a tropes you know i'm really interested to see what kind of industry trends come out of this and keep a close eye on that but to me it's a good thing anytime you add more diversity to a consumer group you're going to see more diversity in the products being offered to that consumer group so i'm kind of excited about this news to be honest Yeah, yeah definitely all right. The last thing I got on news is a free game that's going to be coming up for PlayStation Plus next month. They're already announcing it. There's a remake, a from the ground up recreation of Abe's Exodus, and it's called Oddworld Soulstorm, and it's dropping on April 6th. It will be free to play on PlayStation 5 for Plus subscribers. Now, remember, as we said on the show before, if you don't have a PlayStation 5, but you have a PlayStation Plus subscription, you can still go online 
and download the license for this game. So that way, when you eventually get a PlayStation 5, you will have access to play it if you don't get it before the end of April. I thought that was particularly interesting news. We usually don't hear about PlayStation Plus games this early before the uh, the end of the current month. And Mm -hmm. Oddworld being what it is and it being a remake and playable only on PlayStation 5, I thought it was a pretty good get, to be honest, for a free game for Plus subscribers. So. Yeah, I mean, they got to put something on there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. There's not a lot of stuff coming out yet, so. Yeah, well, yeah. Give it time. No. Give it time. Yeah, I think the offering this month was pretty good, and especially now that I had a chance to play Remnant, I really like Remnant. Although, I played Maquette. That was the PS5 only game. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. all right. <laughs> Meh. So. <laughs> Speaking of eh, or maybe eh, uh, Derek, mm-hmm. I have a question, sir. Oh, what is it? It's one thing I need to know from you this week. What you feeling? I am feeling HBO Max. HBO more Max. More specifically, yes, more specifically, the DC animated movie and series selection that they have on there. They literally have every single DC animated movie and animated series. So you got and that's Batman. right. You you actually didn't have it for a while. You just subscribed recently, didn't you? Right. Yeah, so and it's just because. Yeah, and uh, the Snyder Cut next week. That's right. We're, we're definitely come, gonna talk yeah, about literally, that. I think it comes out Friday. That. So I'm like, I gotta get four hours. I wish uh, my daughter actually was gone next week, because now I need gonna have to find four hours. Yeah, to sit <laughs> so down and watch, watch Snyder Cut. Yeah, yeah, but uh, <laughs> I have to watch an hour a night or something. I don't know how it's you gonna to turn work it into out. a miniseries. Exactly. But yeah, man, they've got everything. They got Static Shock. They got Batman the Animated Series, Batman Beyond. Okay, all again, the you're gonna have to be like Stefan. HBO Max, uh, right? New York's it has everything. Service. It's got everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It's got everything, man. It's got Doom oh Patrol. God. It's got Titans. It's oh my god! It's got everything. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. Oh but seriously, god. man, like Static Shock, that was a big one for me. I was like, oh, superhero Static Shock. That was Woo-hoo! a tight show back in the day. Superhero. Yeah, yeah, that was actually. It wasn't a very interesting series. I would have to say that they should do more with him. Like, don't get me wrong, I I appreciate Black Lightning. I did like the show. I must admit, I kind of take... What? Oh, you disagree? Uh, I mean, CW shows are... (laughs) Yeah, you gotta gotta forgive a lot, for sure. Yeah, they have their moments, but mostly... Yeah, they they died a lot. Like, in the very beginning, they start off strong. And then as they keep going, it kind of tapers off. And it's like... Yeah, yep, yep, yep. CW. And I'm saying that across the board. Arrow, mm-hmm. The Flash. Oh, yeah, um, no, on this show, Super when you Girl. say something is like CW, it's typically not a good thing. Yeah, right. I know. We were we were talking, what was that show we were talking about recently? Warrior Nun, I think it was. I was like, it's a oh, little yeah. CW, but I like it. That's pretty right. much how we discuss it. When we compare <laughs> and you know it to what CW. stinks? They have some good ideas. Like, for instance... And I know this might sound really cheesy, and this is going away from video games a little bit, but ever heard of Legacy, the Vampire Diaries series? Uh-uh. I have, no. I have heard of the Vampire Diaries and the hot yeah, mess that, that that is, as far as that yes. animation. Yes, oh, yes. Jenny Nicholson, I think, went like full in-depth on the Vampire Diaries on one of her videos recently. It oh, was... I love her when she, did, when she did a whole entire full-on analysis. I love yeah. that video. That she, was hilarious. She it was, was giving me like Charlie from It's Always Sunny in front of the board <laughs> vibe. She was like, and then, and then over here. And I was like, oh my god, Vampire Diaries is ridiculous. Yeah, it's a, right. hot, mess. It's a hot mess. But I'm saying that in general, they have some really good ideas. Mm-hmm. It's just not cohesive 
or the continuity is all over the place. It, it, it's not good. It, it, it's Aww. not good. You, I mean, like me personally, I would start picking it apart and saying, okay, this idea is good. This idea is good. This idea is just utter no. no Guys, no, we want no. our vampires, we want them to write in their diaries and we want it to be good. Get it together. Right. Well, okay. Yeah, more than, more than that is more the fact that continuity, if you're going to say this, then it has to be consistent throughout your series. Exactly. What and is this, an anime? To... <laughs> Ouch! That hurt! Boom! Sick roasted! Sick yeah. on all uh, What is this, Naruto? Oh my god! What is this, Naruto? What is this, Naruto? That's like, that's like... Our anime head fans' are... heads are exploding right now, probably. Right. Like that, we, you we basically love, want to cause a like a bar fight with right. that. We, we, uh, <laughs> we, you know, for those who listen to us, we love anime on this show. Definitely Derek more than me. I have more of a love hate relationship with it. Okay, and I'm right. very snobby when it comes to my anime. And hey, Derek listen, is like, I think we all have that. My face. We just have our particular tastes. It's how it's expressed towards others that can dictate whether it's snobbish or not. As much as I dislike the inconsistencies of the original Vampire Diaries and Legacy, I still like that show to a certain extent because I do acknowledge what they're trying to do. Even though I can recommend other series that are a lot better... Exactly, exactly. When you yeah. got something in your wheelhouse, you can forgive its imperfections a little more. I totally get that. I think all of us have shows or yeah. things that we've gotten into that we can recommend, but with caveats. We're like, okay, yeah. here's the deal with this show. It's good, but right. it's not until <laughs> ten hours in. You gotta, you yeah. gotta play this yeah, game for okay, a good. Then, yeah. You gotta play it for fifty hours before it gets good, and then, and then yeah. Xenoblade Chronicles Two is amazing. I promise. Right. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it really is, the, though. <laughs> it, it really, it really is the, the case with that. Yeah. But let me ask you, Kitty Sapphire, yeah. this week, what you feeling? I think a lot of people can agree with me on this that everybody is feeling a little bit of withdrawal from not being able to watch WandaVision this week. The series has ended last Friday mm-hmm. and the community with Marvel is alive and all a buzz. I don't care if you're a person who really likes the show or a person who dislikes the show or a theorist. The fact is I'm liking that you have this energy of buzz around Marvel with this show, and especially having this as the first show where you had all these theories and all these mysteries hovering around, and we haven't had a Marvel movie to go to since last year. On top of it, it's on a streaming service for the first time. So this is a nice way to kick off the energy of Marvel. So I'm a little yeah, yeah. withdrawn, unfortunately, from WandaVision. I'm saddened that it's over. Yeah, However, Falcon I'm... and Winnie's coming out pretty soon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Falcon and I, Winnie. Right. By watching WandaVision, I'm looking forward to Falcon and uh, the Winter Soldier coming, I think, next week. I think yeah, it's the 16th, I believe, right? Yeah, so it's yeah. not that far off. All right, well, cool. Well, this week, I had a couple of things that I was feeling, but based on our conversation today, Kitty, you inspired me to bring up something in particular that I think that you would really enjoy, and a lot of our listeners out there may enjoy as well, if you have ever been fascinated or interested by the lore of Silent Hill. There is a channel on YouTube called Twin Perfect. Have either of you heard of this channel? I no, I never heard of it. 
Great. I'm so glad I get to introduce this to you. So Twin Perfect is fairly old because they started this series a while back. It's a documentary style series called The Real Silent Hill Experience. And in my opinion, these guys explain Silent Hill from the very beginning game all the way up through what Team Silent worked on. So one, two, three, and four. And they Mm -hmm. go into the bad American developed games that came after it. And they explain the lore, the story, and everything in a super deep dive and in a way that makes the games really make sense and click. And they go over a lot of the themes and the history and the lore of the series. So if you're a fan at all of Silent Hill or survival horror games and you like documentaries or like looking at deep dives about development of those games and the themes, these guys knock it out of the park. And again, the channel is called Twin Perfect, so you can look them up on YouTube or just search The Real Silent Hill Experience. You'll probably get a playlist with all their videos. I think it's definitely worth a watch. I'll rewatch it occasionally just for fun because they seem to have such a passion and love for Silent Hill, and I really enjoy watching them talk about it. So So do they do other lore dives, deep dives for games, or is it just Silent Hill? Well, there's a guy that used to be part of Twin Perfect. His name is Fungo. He split shortly towards the end of The Real Silent Hill Experience. And he, he does deep dives in the other horror games. But Twin Perfect themselves, they've done movie reviews, deep dives. They even actually explained and did a really good job with Twin Peaks. So if you're a oh, fan okay. of Twin Peaks and you want that story explained, that's another one that they actually do really well on. Talking about like their theories on how that works. And they do a lot of fridge logic where they explain bad movies. And they actually, if you're a fan of DC, this is something I disagree with them on. If you're a fan of the DC Extended Universe, like you like Man of Steel and all that, they do a really good job uh-huh. of defending those movies, despite all logic. Right. Because <laughs> no, I'll watch it and go, okay, this is where you lost me, guys. But they love those movies and they explain like why they love them. And okay. a couple of a couple enough. of times they turned me around. Like they they really turned me around on Prometheus. Because I was kind of iffy about that and didn't really understand it. And the way they kind of laid it out, I was like, ah, okay, I kind of see where you guys are coming from. It actually is kind of decent. So, mm-hmm. again, the main attraction is the real Silent Hill experience, but not a bad channel all around. Okay. Check mm-hmm. it out. Right on, right on, right on. Well, before okay. we get to wrap up the show, once again, Kitty Sapphire, thank you mm-hmm. for deciding to come by and hang out with us today. Thank you for your passion and your insight. It's been very interesting getting to know you and listening to your opinion on uh, various gaming topics. If people want to hear more of your opinion, maybe they want to commission some art, maybe they want to buy something from the store, where can the folks out there find Kitty Sapphire and what she has to offer? Well, you guys can check me out on my YouTube channel, YouTube slash Kitty Sapphire. You could check out my Facebook page, which is Kitty Sapphire Studios or at Kitty Sapphire Studios. I also have a Twitter, which is Case Sapphire 8989. If you guys are interested in getting merch from me, I have an Etsy shop, the Sapphire Store. And if you want more unique merch... And more manga-based stuff. I would hope you guys please stop by my Patreon page. I would really appreciate it. Because that really helps me continue what I love to do most. It helps with supplies. It helps with editing processes uh, for my YouTube channel. It helps with all of that. So any of those pages, if you guys want to talk, chat, you guys want to commission... You could always buzz me on those places and help support. 
And also, I want to say thank you so much for even considering me to be a part of your podcast. I I really appreciate that. Oh, yeah, Nice to be among fellow geeks and nerds just to, you know, just talk, (laughs) just talk, just talk about these things. Yeah, I really enjoyed having you on. Thank you so much. And Derek. If people are trying to get them sweet, sweet deals that you got, where can they locate you at? <laughs> they can check out the eBay store at ebay.com slash str slash gamer goodies and more. I'm on Instagram at gamer goodies more and Twitter at goodies underscore more. And if you're in the Indianapolis area, live here or plan on making a trip, should check my flea market booths out at the Peddler's Mall on 7803 East Washington Street. I've got PS4, Xbox One. Sega, Nintendo, all that jazz, all in there. And you come in there, you find me, we work out a deal. So, excellent. All yeah, right. That's it. And if you want to find us on the podcast, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash player two has entered the pod. And we also have a YouTube, player two has entered the podcast. And of course, we upload on our main hub every single Sunday, anchor.fm slash player two has entered the pod. You can listen to us wherever podcasts are available, like Breaker, Google Podcast, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Apple Podcast, <laughs> and Spotify. You can also email us at mcpaperstacks at gmail.com if you have any questions, stream suggestions, comments, concerns, feedback, whatever. If you want to come and guest, we'd love to hear from you. And personally, if you want to find me, I'm on Twitter at MikePetersonAL. And of course, you can catch me gaming live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash mcpaperstacks. Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. The schedule is up on the page. And I upload all my archive streams to MC Paperstacks Plays on YouTube. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is our show. Appreciate y'all coming out and listening to us. And we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Peace.